Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. A B.C. man killed in an act of vigilante justice and what Peruvian authorities say about the evidence linking him to murder. Take a good look at this picture taken in a local park. What witnesses say they saw this suspect doing and high hopes for low rent. A contract for seven pieces of land. Affordable homes planned on some prime Vancouver real estate. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. We'll get to those stories in a moment. But first, the wife of a motorcyclist who was killed in Delta last year is outraged tonight with the final punishment given the woman who killed her husband. 57-year-old Brad Smith died five days after his wedding when a car crossed the center line, hitting him head on. As Romina Dea reports, his widow is frustrated. The driver gets nothing more than a $100 fine. had sympathy cards mixed with wedding cards on my mantle. Carmen Smith was married for just five days when her husband Brad was killed. You, you never thought you would have to start over again, right? And you have all these plans that you're going to do, and then they just don't happen. They're gone. Delta police say the roads were dry when the driver of a red Malibu crossed a double solid line on Nordell Way last August and smashed into motorcyclist 57-year-old Brad Smith head on. Police say mechanical issues and impairment were not factors in the crash. Delta police say investigators conducted a thorough investigation. After nine months, they still don't know why the driver crossed the yellow center line. The conclusion, not enough evidence to recommend criminal charges. The outcome, the driver received a $109 traffic ticket for crossing a double solid. It's sad that somebody's life is worth three points and a $109 ticket. Smith's case, just the latest in a string of deadly MBAs, where criminal charges were not laid. Three people, including two children, died in a crash on Lougheed Highway in April of last year. A cyclist killed in Richmond in November 2016. The victim's families say the laws are weak, no real consequences. It really comes down to looking at the moral blameworthiness of the individual. This lawyer says proving criminal negligence causing death is extremely difficult. The standard is very high. The prosecutors basically have to prove that the conduct of the driver was a marked departure from the, uh, the driving of an, a reasonably prudent driver on any given day. For Carmen, this case is not closed. She's suing the driver for negligence in a civil suit. Somebody died. Like Somebody has to be held accountable. The driver's lawyer maintains she did nothing wrong, and the police investigation proves it. Romina Dea, Global News. Surrey RCMP have released a picture of a man wanted for allegedly committing an indecent act in public last week. The man was spotted just after 6.30, April 28th, in Guildford Heights Park at 155th Street and 101A Avenue, walking with his genitals exposed. Here's a picture of him. A witness took these pictures and called police. 
The suspect is described as a Caucasian male in his mid-30s, about six feet tall and 174 pounds. He was wearing a black leather jacket, a gray hoodie, a white T-shirt and jeans. Anyone with information should call Surrey RCMP or Crime Stoppers. The flood watch certainly isn't getting any less stressful in the Okanagan, with 64 properties in the community of Twin Lakes now on evacuation alert. But uh, the disaster is coming. It's one of those slow creeper nightmares. Twin Lakes are so-called kettle lakes formed in depressions with no natural outflow like a creek or a river. And with the snowpack still melting fast, there are forecasts for water levels to be as much as two meters higher than last year. And there's a lot of water upstream, and it's in danger of um, possibly causing a failure of the upper dam, which could cause a tsunami down here. So it's, um, yeah, I'm trying to sleep when I can. And everything that's, that you see in here now will be underwater if we get four feet. And we're supposed to be getting six. Welcome to our world. Last year, the province allowed pumping out of one lake to avoid flooding, but that isn't possible this year because that pumping would flood areas a little further down. The B.C. man who was beaten and lynched by a mob in Peru last month was likely the killer of a revered local shaman. That's the conclusion of Peruvian prosecutors investigating the case of 41-year-old Sebastian Woodroff. And a warning, some of the video in John Waugh's report is disturbing. Peruvian authorities say the evidence points to one conclusion. Prosecutors believe a Canadian is most likely their killer. Revered plant healer Olivia Arevalo was shot twice and killed on April 19th near her home in the Ucayali region of Peru. Bullet casings found near the 81-year-old's body match a gun bought earlier that month off a local police officer. Hello, um, my name's Sebastian. The buyer was allegedly Sebastian Woodruff. The Comox Valley man traveled to Peru to study plant healing to treat people with addictions. Local reports say Woodruff was a student of Arevalo and was owed money by the teacher's son. Woodruff was immediately blamed and attacked by villagers for the crime. The brutal video of his lynching, first seen on social media and Peruvian television, triggering an investigation. People are really feeling this loss, not just um, for the family, but the whole community. The body of the 41-year-old father was later discovered on April 21st. Authorities now say gunshot residue was also found on his clothes. Toxicology reports have yet to conclude whether Woodruff was on ayahuasca. According to reports, friends say he was experimenting with the hallucinogenic brew. So much, so much trauma and hurt in the world. Friends have said Woodruff was incapable of the crime. A GoFundMe page for his family raising more than $10,000, calling him a gentle spirit. In a statement, Global Affairs Canada writes, Canadian consular officials are in contact with local authorities to gather additional information. There's a lot of people, an overwhelming number of people, who question um, what the, the true story is and if we'll ever know it. Peruvian prosecutors admit they still have to establish a clear motive. At the same time, two suspects remain at large, with nearly 8,000 Canadian dollars being offered for their capture, as the death of a Canadian on Peruvian soil remains unsolved. John Hua, Global News. Winter isn't quite done with some B.C. highways. This giant avalanche of wet snow has closed Highway 99 north of Pemberton between Mount Curry and Lillooet. 
Highway crews heli-bombed the mountainside to make sure no more snow would come down. And crews are clearing the highway right now. They're estimating a 9 p.m. reopening if you happen to be heading that way. Less than a year after it was launched, the bus service along B.C.'s so-called Highway of Tears has been so popular, they're increasing capacity. The service was launched last September to make the route between Prince George and Smithers a lot safer. Since 1969, 18 women and girls have gone missing along that corridor. So many people have been using the $5 subsidized service. The old 20-seat buses were often sold out, and some people were left on the side of the road. They'll be replaced by new 30-seat buses. With Vancouver's housing affordability crisis showing no signs of easing, the city is taking some drastic action. In what it calls the largest single investment of its kind in Canadian history, the city will build affordable rental housing on some of the most valuable real estate in the country. Ted Chernecki reports. Seven pieces of land that will house over 2,000 Vancouver residents. Where have we heard this before? With the civic election half a year out, the city has again announced its intention to build 1,000 non-market rental housing units on land it owns. It is not good to be announcing and re-announcing and re-announcing and re-announcing the same project because what happens then is the general public thinks lots of social housing is being built when lots of social housing is not being built. On these seven properties, a variety of rental units catering specifically to an income bracket ranging from thirty to $80,000 a year income. Rents will be significantly lower than market value. A number of units at welfare rates uh, right up to uh, probably 1800 to 2000 for the family uh, units. There are about 230,000 units of housing in Vancouver, so an additional thousand, well, certainly welcome, is still relatively small. And there's a certain believe-it-when-we-see-it issue. Rental housing isn't only rental housing. Rental housing needs to be affordable, it needs to be available, and it needs to be secure. Critics say today's re-announcement does nothing for the city's homeless. This week, the annual count was made public, 2,181, an all-time high. In 1972... There were 30,000 units of social housing built across Canada, and that's when low-income people could afford social housing, whereas now in Vancouver, low-income people can't afford 90% of the social housing that's being built. We're hopeful that we'll continue to get good support and funding from the province uh, and the federal government. They have tools and, uh, and resources they can contribute to make it even more affordable. The only thing new today was the announcement that Community Land Trust has been contracted to design, build and manage the housing with a completion target date of 2021. Ted More affordable housing can come soon enough for a growing number of Vancouver restaurants struggling to find staff. Jill Bennett is in Vancouver tonight. Jill, help wanted signs are literally everywhere these days. Well, attracting people to work in the restaurant industry in an expensive city can be a challenge. And while it's not all about the wages, the B.C. restaurant industry is trying to reinvent itself to hire more people. Sandwich boards on the sidewalk usually have the specials, but these days it's almost as common to see help wanted along with the soup of the day. So it's been a month that you've had the sign out, but you're still needing to have people fill those positions. Yes, some 
uh, some people. We are training right now. But this restaurant is still looking to fill several server positions, especially as it gears up for a busy summer. It's a similar story all along this street in the West End, sign after sign looking for workers. Well, the whole industry has got a, almost a labor crisis, in, either in Vancouver or even if you go up into Prince George, the same thing. One of the problems, says Tostenson, is demographics. The industry could use about 15,000 people right now. The problem? More people are leaving restaurant work than entering. A restaurant job brings great experience, and if we become employers of choice, so when we look at wages, um, doing hours around lifestyle, benefits, and professionalizing the industry in a way that it hasn't been done in the past, I think we'll start attracting more people back. But he says it will take years before BC really sees growth in the 15 to 24 age group. Meanwhile, restaurants need those shortages addressed now. Yeah, we need uh, more stuff, yeah. And now it's uh, not much stuff, so we really need a stuff. Right now, it's estimated there are about 15,000 vacancies in restaurants throughout the province. But with only two people entering the restaurant industry for every three that retire, it's an issue that's not going to be resolved anytime soon. Back to you. No doubt. Thanks, Jill. An unusual twist to the morning commute tied up traffic on a busy Metro Vancouver route this morning. So, so he was kind of stuck between police and these construction guys, and he just kept running through the forest. A bear was running through the bush and on the train tracks along the new Westminster Coquitlam border. Police and conservation officers responded and tried to make sure the bear stayed away from traffic and the public. Kind of scared me a little bit when he turned around and he was looking at everybody and I thought he was going to come bolt in that way. That would be not good. He's a little hungry. Yeah, I think so. He's a little skinny. Right now we're just going to keep an eye from a distance. Make sure um, that he's staying away from people. We do have the SkyTrain close, public all over, up in the industrial area, lots of people working. So we just want to make sure he's staying his, a good distance away from people. Right. Conservation officers were finally able to catch up with the bear and tranquilize it. It will be relocated. Big trouble on the big island. The latest on the Kilauea eruption and what's next for more than a thousand people running from the lava. That's later on the news hour. And caught on camera the smooth move that helped police arrest a suspect. That's coming up as well. Right now, it was the experience of a lifetime for two Vancouver singers whose inspirational song went viral in a way they never expected. Danny and Lizzie Nelson are back from a whirlwind trip to Nashville to meet the nurse whose incredible act of kindness has been viewed 50 million times. sing it. It's a moment filled with genuine emotion, captured near the end of life. Dancing in the Sky, a song by Vancouver's Danny and Lizzie, was Margaret Smith's favorite song. It brought her joy and peace at a time when she was battling liver cancer. To help her feel better during her stay at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, Nashville nurse Olivia Neufelder learned the song and sang it with her. This was shot last October. 63-year-old Margaret died two days later. The video has gone viral. It was so personal to her and you just got that vibe that she really cared. Like it was love. Sisters and singer-songwriters Danny and Lizzie were touched by the story and Olivia's commitment to her patients. 
immediately just so moved by it. You know, because nurses, like, they don't have to go that above and beyond. When I wrote it, I thought, you know, this is a really positive song and I want to share it. As the sun shine bright. Margaret was unable to meet Danny and Lizzie, but her loved ones did. After the Today Show arranged for the pair to fly to Nashville ahead of International Nurses Day on May 12th. I had a lump in my throat the whole time. It was super special because we were all connected through the song and then finally we are just put in a place where we could all meet up. For the singers, the viral video was a reminder of how important music can be. I wanted to definitely make people feel better about it and just paint a picture of maybe a better place, you know, in the afterlife. Jennifer Palma, Global News. If you're heading downtown over the next couple of weekends, be prepared for some traffic trouble. Canada Place will be very busy with a number of cruise ships docking and a high volume of passengers loading and unloading. The most chaotic days will likely be this Sunday, next Wednesday, and next weekend. Vancouver expects to welcome nearly 895,000 cruise passengers this year. That's up 7% over last year. And BC is making a big splash on the world beer scene, winning multiple awards at the World Beer Cup. The province is home to nine out of Canada's 14 winners. That ties notorious beer nation Germany. As Aaron MacArthur reports, BC's beer takeover is showing no signs of slowing down. A well-deserved break at the Powell Street Brewery. The best pale ale in the world made right here in East Van. Owner David Bokett stunned when he heard his beer had made the grade. I was watching the live, str- uh, live stream of the uh, World Beer Cups uh, down in Nashville, and lo and behold, we saw our name pop up on the screen. The beer is the Old Jalopy Pale Ale, a perennial award winner. Best beer in Canada in 2013. Powell Street Brewing was just opened. And then a bronze medal at the Beer Olympics, too. Finally, gold this year. I don't know. We just pay attention to the ingredients we put in the beer, and we just make it the way we like it to taste, and we hope other people like it as well. But certainly not the only winner. 14 awards were handed out to Canadian breweries, nine of them from British Columbia. When you're talking 8,200 different beers submitted, um, to come out with uh, nine medals is amazing for us. It's, It's the best news we could have ever had. Brand new, Riot Brewing, perhaps the biggest surprise of the competition, a gold and a bronze medal. It's an overnight success, seven years in the making. They've been open about 18 months. With 150 breweries and counting now operating in B.C., there are some that worry about market oversaturation. Remember, though, craft beer just takes up 24% of the market. Still plenty of room to grow. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Busy weekend over here for the Tawasson Ferry Terminal. It's 7 o'clock Tawasson to Swartz Bay is at three-quarters capacity. 6.45 sailing from Tawasson to Southern Gulf Islands is full, and the next available sailing at 7.20 is already 99% full. That's it for today. 8.15 Tawasson to Duke Point, that's already at 90% capacity. Online shopping with Save on Foods lets you save more time for the things you love. Get groceries delivered to your door. First delivery is free. Saveonfoods.com. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Tawasson Ferry Terminal. How's this for a peek into the Earth's depths? A giant sinkhole opened up on a farm in New Zealand. And what it revealed has scientists very excited. 
The 200-meter-long, 30-meter-wide opening uncovered a 60,000-year-old volcanic deposit. Sinkholes are common in the area, but this is believed to be the biggest ever seen in the country. And if you're trying to wrap your head around just how big it is, think two football fields long and six stories deep. And on the topic of volcanoes, Mother Nature has created a state of emergency in paradise tonight. Thousands have been forced to flee their homes on Hawaii's Big Island following the eruption of the state's most active volcano. A curtain of fire could be seen as the volcano spewed ash and rock into the sky, and the threat is far from over. The state of emergency at Mount Kilauea on Hawaii's Big Island comes as molten lava snaked through the forest, spewed 125 feet into the air, and covered roads in rivers of red. We have an eruption. It's about six blocks away from our house right now. With rock, soot, and ash exploding out of the earth, 1,500 locals and tourists ordered to immediately evacuate. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. It's, oh my god. It's like big. After multiple eruptions, some overnight, lava flowed towards the Leolani Estates. Disaster brewing here for days. Nearly 500 earthquakes rattling the island before the first eruption. Now streets are cracking open as this curtain of fire sweeps towards homes and sulfuric gas fills the air. We had to evacuate my mother without any uh, portable oxygen. With multiple properties damaged, just four years ago, lava oozed down Kilauea, burning homes to the ground. Tonight, another unstoppable slow-motion disaster. Oh, this could be just uh, the end of a community, a good retirement community. One of the most active volcanoes in the world, tonight there's trouble in paradise. Nature's fury amid all of its beauty. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. Well, how's this for a vacation gone wrong? Passengers on Carnival Dream, the cruise ship, got quite the scare when a pipe from the ship's fire suppression system reportedly broke, causing water to gush down the walls and throughout the hallways. Around 50 staterooms were affected. The cruise line says the mess was cleaned up quickly and all effective, affected passengers will receive a full refund. Well, a daring attempt to escape from a U.S. courtroom was caught on camera, and the video was quite shocking. An inmate ran out of the courtroom and jumped from the second floor into the lobby. Here you can see some quick-thinking officers trying to catch the criminal. The man, who was in court on drug charges sustained non-life-threatening injuries. He was taken back to prison after being treated at a local hospital. For 20 years, the Courage to Come Back Awards have recognized British Columbians who've overcome adversity and come back stronger than ever. Tonight's recipient is a perfect example. Josh Dolling was exposed to addiction early in his life. It took him to the streets. And it wasn't until unexpected grief struck him that he hit a turning point. Lynn Collier has the story of how this former addict is now helping others deal with loss. Hello. You're the third baby in here today. Carrie's boutique supports a camp that deals with bereavement. One of our loyalty cards. For Josh Dolling, the charity behind the store basically saved his life. I used to tell people I was an entrepreneur. Um, so I would say I'm going to go get catch up. And then I'd be gone for three months. 
selling drugs. Josh spent years trying to be a drug dealer, but basically ended up using all the drugs himself, drinking until he passed out. Life was a continuous destructive party. He overdosed multiple times, but the last time he woke up from an OD was different. Not used to waking up handcuffed to a hospital bed. And people standing over me to tell me I'm going to die. Josh has been sober and drug-free for 20 years, working as a counselor, helping others with their addiction journeys. But there was still a shadow. He had never been able to deal with the death of his father. Then he was asked to help youth at a camp, Camp Carey. There was a, a girl that came up to me, and she said, yeah, when my dad died, da 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 I'm like, oh, your dad died. Mine too. <laughs> I had someone I could connect to. Difference between us is she was talking openly about it. I hadn't spoken to anyone about mine, my loss. Well, this other kid's sitting there, and he's like, "Oh, my dad died too," you know. And I'm like, "Well, what are the odds?" And that's where it hit me. I'm going to a grief camp. Dr. Heather Mohan started Camp Carry at Lionsgate Hospital to honor a local mother who died from colon cancer. The camp has grown exponentially, the need is great, and Josh has become a major part of it, not only helping others, but helping himself. I described him once to someone as a Pied Piper. So if you're at one of our retreats, and there's this like big crowd of youth that are usually following Josh in some form or another. The loss of his father will always be with him, but it has pushed Josh to be the best father he can to his three children and to be there to help people deal with their loss. We firmly believe that if you can contribute to your community and give back, you can use your loss as a as part of your strength, as a tool to help others. Lynn Collier, Global News. Well done, and more great stories of courage next week on the News Hour. An Ohio man walks into the middle of a police pursuit, and his quick thinking helps make an arrest. That's coming up right after the forecast. We'll check in right now with Kasia Badurka, who's got the cameras pointed at what should be a beautiful sunset a little later. Isn't this gorgeous? Very, very nice improvement. We had quite the day with plenty of cloud cover. A lot of us did see a sprinkle or so, especially further north of the south coast. The central coast saw some rain, as did parts of the island. Sitting at a balmy 14 degrees still, our overnight low will be... Uh, 10 degrees, and then we're rebounding back to 18, closer to the coast tomorrow on your Cinco de Mayo. I'm hearing a mariachi band in the background. I wish there was music with this background. Uh, a <laughs> and, little bit and for, margaritas. And margaritas, says Chris. Uh, this will be patio weather, in fact. And then places like Abbotsford, a little bit away from the water, we're expecting daytime highs closer to 22, 23 degrees. But a look at today's daytime highs, ranging between the mid-teens and the mid-20s. The hot spot in the country was the Soyuz at 26 degrees today, so quite impressive. But now we're looking ahead to high pressure moving in place. Most of us will be looking at dry, sunny conditions for your Saturday. Uh, however, we do have some instability. So the Okanagan and further east, we do have a potential for some rain showers, especially the further east you are, where we continue to see some active weather at this hour. Look at all these lightning strikes. So if you are in any of these areas, I wouldn't be surprised if you did hear um, some lightning or sorry, some thunder rather, could be picking up some heavy downpours and then some very strong 
strong winds and especially places through the Kootenays and the Columbias, we could be seeing 60 kilometer per hour gusts. But another system will be impacting us. But first we get past this. We clear out quite nicely. Saturday through the afternoon, you see that instability. And then Sunday, spotty showers. It's going to be relatively disorganized, a potential for an isolated shower right across the south. But we're not looking at heavy amounts of rain. In fact, trace amounts for most of us. But this coupled with the fact that temperatures are a good five degrees above seasonal for the south. Well, we continue to be on flood watch. This isn't a good situation when it comes to the floods. Meanwhile, for your Saturday to the far north, we are looking at glorious conditions, plenty of sunshine in the mix, temperatures above seasonal for places like Fort Nelson, Fort St. John, even uh, Prince George looking at above seasonal temperatures, a potential for a thunder shower for places like Golden. Most of us looking at cloudy conditions for the south, but the closer you get to the coast, this is where we have plenty of sunshine in the mix and we're under the influence of that high pressure, dry conditions. Things start to change a little bit on your Sunday. So have a look at your long range forecast guys and I leave you with this beautiful weather window sent in by Nancy taken earlier this morning at Blackburn Lagoons Port Coquitlam nice and misty a little on the ominous side but just gorgeous hey guys oh, yeah that is great and thanks for a nice Cinco de Mayo forecast looks yeah. really good for tomorrow thanks Kasia well it's definitely one of the most casual takedowns you'll probably see police in Columbus Ohio releasing video of a man walking right into the middle of a police chase Thinking fast, he sticks his leg out and literally trips up the teenage suspect. That allows police to catch up and slap on the cuffs. Drop the gun! Drop the gun! On the ground! You're lucky you dropped that gun, man. Boy, you almost got shot. Some required bleeping out there. Obviously, as you heard, the suspect was armed. Police say the Good Samaritan's actions might have saved officers' lives. Maybe even the suspect's life, too. Well done, Grandpa. Wow. Squire, <laughs> Squire is here now. Look at sports. Is the Whitecaps were playing here. They'd have the roof open, but they're on the road, right? Oh, yeah, they're on the road. They're in Minnesota. I don't know what's doing in Minnesota. Yeah. There's no licking in sports, Squire, but sometimes there, there is. shouldn't be. There shouldn't but be. But there is. I don't even know. There's no penalty. There's nothing in the rule book that says you cannot lick an opponent. We'll show you what we mean in a moment. Okay, first Whitecaps, they're in Minnesota. It's a morning game for us, 11 a.m. There will be some changes from last Friday's win over Salt Lake. For example, Kristen Teixeira is suspended for one game. You can lick, but you can't take your shirt off. He took his shirt off after a goal last week. It was his second yellow of the night. Soccer really hates players taking their shirts off because it reminds them of those shirtless guys you always see getting chased on the show Cops. Uh, Kai Kamara still can't play because of a groin injury. He would like to. But he knows it's too risky right now. But it's one of those where we're so selfish we want to play. And uh, you don't want to do that and go in there and something happening. <clears throat> so I have to respect, you know, uh, the training staff and let them tell me when it's actually right to be in there. Ed Hervey was happy with his first draft as a BC Lions GM. One of the guys he picked up in the first round was Julian Laurent, a defensive lineman from um, Georgia State. He thinks this guy might be the steal of the draft. Put it this way, if there was a need at defensive tackle for any team, uh, he probably went first overall. That, that's, uh, that's how good he, we felt he was uh, is at that point. But because he was kind of sandwiched between so many good offensive linemen, uh, there was an opportunity for us to get not only a good offensive lineman, but 
trade to get another first round pick to get him as well. So we feel very confident and strong that we've done a good job there. Every series is 2-2 in the NHL playoffs right now. We'll see if this one can be 2-2. But look at this move by Braden Point. And the goal! You talk about Elias Pettersson, the Canucks prospect, not being very big because he's around 160 pounds. So is this guy, but he can flat out play. What is up with Brad Marchand? No! Callahan is not a popsicle. You can't lick him. But nowhere in the NHL rulebook to say no licking. Although that might get him perhaps a suspension. I'm not sure. Actually, Tampa has just scored. Now it's 3-3. At least a call from the NHL. It quit being so unsanitary. Uh, you never know what you're licking there. Come on. Stop that. Uh, okay, Canada-USA, World Hockey Championship. Bo Horvat's on the ice for Canada. He gets an assist on this goal by Pierre-Luc Dubois. That made it 1-0 in the first. Some good players on the American side. Patrick Kane, the Johnny Gaudreau. There's two good ones right there. They score. 3-2 at that point. They're up 4-3. Colton Perrieco will tie it here on the pass from Connor McDavid. They go to the shootout. And in the shootout... Darcy Kemper gets fooled by Cam Atkinson. We'll slow it down here to give you the full effect of the move. Yes. Oh, boy. That's, that's filthy. 5-4 USA over Canada. Elias Pettersson, there he is, playing for the Swedes against Belarus. Didn't do a lot. They had a chance right here, just kind of misfired. Uh, easy win for the Swedes, though. Matias Yanmark from uh, Mika Zabanajad, and that would be one of the five goals Sweden would score in a 5 nothing win. Sunday is a marathon, right? Is Sunday Vancouver Ooh. Marathon? Okay, well, when the okay, I got to check. When the Vancouver Marathon happens, there'll be a whole bunch of runners from the Streetfront Alternative Program, which gives students a different way of getting an education. Part of it is the running program where they work up to marathons, and one of those students seems to be a natural for 26 plus miles. 18 year old Errol Gaffney has found his happy place in his young life and it's going for long runs, really long runs, like as in marathons. Gaffney was a cross country runner in elementary and junior high, but once he started stretching it out and eventually going long distance, did he realize it was his true passion? I don't like competition too much. Uh, like with other people, I prefer just setting my own goals and trying to meet those. And with that environment, it just allows me to do that and focus on what I want to do, regardless of what anyone else is doing. Gaffney really discovered marathon running when he joined up with the Streetfront program a few years ago. It's a very unique running club for at-risk youth in East Vancouver, run out of Britannia Secondary. Coach Trevor Stokes gets these young kids into running, and it changes their lives. It made a huge impression on Arrow, too. I think it's uh, influenced other areas of my life quite significantly. It's changed my um, my like approach to school, approach to... Um, just how I want to live my life. I think it's sort of given me more perspective in those areas. But Arrow's taken it to a new level. He did something last month no one at the Streetfront program had ever done. It's always been the goal to, to have uh, somebody go to Boston, and that's always been the, the, uh, the highest level that, that in the marathon world. So uh, to have him achieve that uh, has just been great for the program, been great for the community. And we're just so proud of him. Just being there was phenomenal. But uh, the most amazing part 
well, just seeing everyone just running, the conditions were terrible, and just being a part of that um, group of people. Arrow finished in the top 1,800 out of 30,000 runners at Boston with a time just over three hours. He'll be doing the Vancouver Marathon yeah. this Sunday, but has decided to run a more leisurely pace with his friends from the Streetfront program since this will be his last event with them. Arrow has the ability to get to national team levels, but has decided to explore his youth right now. I'm going to take some time off running and then see if it fits back into my life. Um, I, I'm intending to travel next year, and I think running is a great way to explore places, so I'm sure it will be there, but I'm not sure to what extent. Barry DeLay, Global Sports. There you go. Thank you very much. It is Sunday, by the way. It is, the marathon is the this marathon Sunday. Is, yeah. I'm not entering, but I just want to know where it was. That's right. It was. Okay. Here's Jay Durant now, the preview of Global News at 11. Jay. Thank you very much, Chris. We have some breaking news that we are following. A well-known martial arts teacher with ties to B.C. is facing child sex charges. Shin Wook Lim taught Taekwondo in several schools on the Lower Mainland. He has been arrested in Toronto where he allegedly sexually assaulted an underage girl over a period of two years. The 44-year-old is also coached with Team Canada and has been suspended indefinitely. Now, BCRCMP are asking anyone who knows Lim or has any information that can help in this investigation to come forward. More on this and the rest of the day's news when you join us tonight at 11, Chris. You got it. All right. Thanks very much, Jay. When we come back, we'll have satellite debris with Squire and Kasia coming up. Oh, but first, here is Kasia with five things to do. Well, it's the first weekend of May, and that means Playland at Peony is open. For now, it's just on weekends until June, where you can experience over 35 rides and check out the new games and attractions. Cinco de Mayo is here, and numerous events are happening, some for families, others for big kids only. Some family fun events include a traditional Mexican dance performance at North Vancouver's Lonsdale Key and a Cinco de Mayo fiesta at Killarney Community Centre in Vancouver. Port Coquitlam's 95th annual May Day Spring Festival is kicking off with the big parade happening next Saturday. Meantime, enjoy a week of free family activities, local culture, live entertainment and more. She's still the one after selling over 100 million records, making her the best-selling female artist in country music history, Shania Twain visits Vancouver. This weekend, she hits the stage of Rogers Arena with two shows. From one energetic show to another, as part of Marathon Weekend, the BMO Vancouver Marathon Expo will feature over 120 exhibitors at the Vancouver Convention Centre. You'll find the latest innovations in health, sports and fitness, and it's free. For more on this, head to globalnews.ca slash five things. On ET Canada, Russell Peters on working with kids and Carol Burnett. Plus, Charlize Theron jokes about her trauma on the set of Jason Reitman's new drama. All of that is coming up at 7, right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Chris. Thank you very much, Cheryl. Trauma and drama, you noticed the rhyme there? Did you think that was planned? I don't know. That just happened that way? Just happened that way. Natural rhyming. Oh, um, so over the years, we've enjoyed the commercials that feature the Trunk Monkey Mm -hmm. from Suburban Auto Group, which I think is down in Oregon. There are some more. We haven't seen before. Here we go. Here to get my car? $85. You said $75 earlier. That was it. I just walked five miles. And I hope them shoes you got on is comfortable. That monkey can drive! That 
just happened. The Trunk Monkey Auto Recovery System, only at Suburban Auto Group. Cash only. But all I have is the card. Oh, I guess we'll have to duel. You win, you get the gas. You lose, I get that car. Dueling banjos, not dueling with banjos. The Trunk Monkey Dueling Edition, only at Suburban Auto Group. I love the Trunk Monkey. Amazing. Okay, so um, this was a few years ago. Adidas put together a... It's May the 4th, of course. May of the course, 4th be May the 4th with you. with you as well. So with that in mind, let's go back in time to a time long, long ago in a whatever TV show far, far away. Uh, Adidas did this Star Wars bar commercial. Here we go. We don't serve their kind here. Your droids, they'll have to wait outside. I heartily agree with you, sir. Who is this? 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 Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Fortin. What's your problem? He doesn't like you. I don't like him. This little one's not worth the effort. I don't like you either. Well, I don't like you either, fool. Oh, you want some? Step up. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Okay, you guys got yourselves a ship. Star Wars wow. bar. Who doesn't love the Star Wars Great bar? Scene. There was a lot going on. Oh, and so I, much. I loved about it. Again, I feel for those listening to the show on CKNW. Uh, well, they they've seen Star Wars, the bar scene. It, they yeah. have? With bar scene with Snoop and uh, Daft David Punk. David Beckham was in there, and Daft David Punk. Beckham. Noel Gallagher. All of them. Yeah, how many cameos? It was good stuff. You have to see at least the very first Star Wars. <laughs> we, I that was. That, that was from I, the I very first Star Wars. It's Which is number Star, four, right? Yeah, it's the Star Wars with Snoop in it. Just look. You know. <laughs> Enjoy your sunshine for tomorrow. That's right. Ha happy Cinco de Mayo. May the fourth be with you. Hasta luego. <laughs>